0: We have a Good evening. I'm back. It's Eric Erickson here. It is nine after the hour and I am broadcasting live from the Books A Million in Lawrenceville. Come on by if you're stuck near Sugar Low Parkway. You can swing on by the Books a Million here uh, just off the interstate. I am signing books uh, during the commercial break and we'll be hanging around afterwards. You can come buy your copy before you wake and I will sign your copy. And in the meantime, we have tons and tons of stuff to get to, including it looks like the NFL is handing President Trump a victory in the protests. Uh, Godel has issued a statement this afternoon saying he wants the players to stand. They're apparently having a heated meeting. Uh, this comes as Jamel Hill, the uh, ESPN analyst, has been suspended for two weeks. Now she could get online on social media. She could call the president a racist. She should could claim that there were white supremacists in charge of the White House, and and ESPN was fine with her expressing her political views whether they agreed or not they were fine with her and they agreed Um, they were fine with her doing that but she overstepped her bounds over the weekend when she encouraged a boycott of NFL advertisers. And that, you can't, listen, you can't bite the hand that feeds you in that regard. And there are people claiming that her First Amendment rights are being uh, censored or whatnot. But if I were to come on the radio every night, and attack the advertisers of the station, I assure you I would not be around very long. It is a business, and she does not get paid by the goodwill of ESPN. She gets paid because she helps them bring in the revenue from the angels that you call advertisers some of you don't like. And when she starts biting the hand that feeds her, well, of course they're going to respond, and they did in this case. Al Sharpton wants a protest of ESPN and their advertisers as a response uh, to them doing it. It, it, you know, you don't have a right to be on television. I don't have a right to my radio program. It is a job, a J O B. I get a job and I help earn ratings for a station, which is translated into advertising dollars. And when you start biting the hand that feeds you and driving people away from the advertisers, well, then you're not doing your job. And so she's suspended. Uh, she has no constitutional right. She can say whatever she wants to say, but there are consequences. And this seems to be the thing that we're dealing with over and over repeatedly now is the the, the abstraction between consequence and rights. You have a right, you can exercise that right, but there are consequences. Uh, which we're seeing play out as well, not just in this NFL situation of the decline in ratings, the vice president getting up and leaving the game the other day. You know, I've got a lot of conservative friends of mine who were upset at the vice president for what he did, um, but I think it was a smart political play. I think essentially the NFL is handing President Trump his reelection in 2020. Uh, this doesn't play well. What also doesn't play well is this craziness in California where they're suddenly going to to decriminalize knowingly transmitting HIV to others including in the blood supply. I think these cultural things help the precedent and the left is so convinced they're in the right here and nor can they any longer coexist with people on the right they're having a real hard time with these things which goes as well into the Weinstein situation and the word coming out on that today. So you know this Weinstein situation is, well, it continues to spiral out of control. Hillary Clinton released a statement this afternoon that she is shocked and appalled to know what Harvey Weinstein was doing. Let let me just give you a a little tip here. When people say they are shocked and appalled in politics, they are neither shocked nor appalled. Um, They're shocked and appalled that they're having to actually deal with a situation that was well known. And Glenn Close, interestingly enough, the, the actress Glenn Close came out with a statement today that uh, she is is saddened and angered even with herself and has to admit that she had long heard the rumors about Harvey Weinstein. so are we still supposed to believe Meryl Streep that she had no idea? When Glenn Close did, uh, Brad Pitt did, Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelina Jolie uh, and others are coming out today saying that he harassed them. In fact, Gwyneth Paltrow says that uh, years ago when it happened with her while she was dating Brad Pitt, doing Shakespeare in Love, that she told Brad Pitt what had happened. Now, this is interesting because George Clooney says he didn't have any idea what was going on. Brad Pitt and George Clooney are good friends. Um, so what's going on there? You got the Meryl Streep situation. Now Angelina Jolie has the situation. She, of course, Brad Pitt seems to be connected into this thing. Several which ways Matt Damon, it came out over the weekend, had actually urged a reporter to not report on Harvey Weinstein. The reporter came out in his defense today and said it was very clear that uh, Damon did not know any of the allegations going into the report when he asked her to steer clear of reporting on Weinstein. He had been told it was about a movie and was trying to, to get coverage of the movie downplay because they wanted to surprise people. But what, what I find so interesting, and this isn't an original thought to me, I saw several people point this out, including my friend Baseball Crank on Twitter, is Hollywood was perfectly fine with Donald Trump until Donald Trump switched parties on him. And then they were outraged. And Hollywood was perfectly fine with Bill Cosby until Bill Cosby started sounding conservative. And then they flipped on him. They're still fine with Bill Clinton, and they would still be fine today with Harvey Weinstein, except they got caught. And that seems to be the issue here with Weinstein is they got caught. The stories about him, well, first of all, you know, the the only other story in Hollywood that bubbles up all the time, other than the Weinstein story, is the pedophilia story. There are repeatedly people who come forward in Hollywood who say famous producers are involved in pedophilia in Hollywood, and they're too scared to mention their names, but it comes up all the time in the same way the Weinstein rumors did. When will this break, if it will break? I'm not optimistic that this one will. But it is very interesting how this rumor keeps bubbling, even more than the Weinstein rumor has bubbled up over the years, and yet it goes nowhere. Various producers have been sued, and they've settled quickly. And now we've got this New Yorker story from Ronan Atkinson, or, or Rowan. Uh, what's his name, uh, Farrow, Mia Farrow's son, not Atkinson, that's a comedian, Ronan uh, Farrow, Mia Farrow's son, the, the failed MSNBC star. He's now an NBC reporter, and instead of reporting on... Harvey Weinstein for NBC, he's had to go to the New Yorker, and he writes a very detailed story about Harvey Weinstein. And some of the allegations there suggest that there are reporters on the payroll for various newspapers who knew what Weinstein was doing, and they covered it up because they were put on his payroll in order to shut them up. There were people who were willing to plant hit jobs on the victims in various gossip sections because Harvey Weinstein asked them to do it. And there are a number of people who work for Weinstein who covered up his his uh, dirt, who covered up what he was doing, who paid people off. When do these people get exposed? Because these people all work in Hollywood. Hollywood would have us all fixate on the behavior of the president of the United States. For The fact of the matter is that for a lot of people, the president has less moral authority than a man like Harvey Weinstein, who has spent years exposing the bad behavior of others, only now to have the tables turned on him. The hypocrisy here is so rich, and it is these culture wars and the things they advocate over and over and over, that the left is convinced they will be able to beat conservatives and beat the president with harvey weinstein was at the women's march the day after uh, the the inauguration and they would keep giving him a pass knowing what they know about him knowing what they've always known because his politics are on their right side the wrong side of history if you will happens to be their right side think about that while we step out take a commercial break eric erickson broadcasting live from lawrenceville at books a million we'll be back It's 26 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson, broadcasting live in Lawrenceville. Uh, Books a million. My buddy Fred texted me and said i bet you're pre-recorded but remember that this is the industry that covered roman polanski for the last 40 years um so yes um i'm actually live (laughs) and yes it's true though woody allen roman polanski they covered and covered and covered and covered for people who made money now there's a larger point here before i move on because we got to get into the iq test yes you know the iq whose iq is bigger the president or rex tillerson or does it even matter it doesn't matter um This industry, like so many, and it's on the left and it's on the right, it's Republican and it's Democrat, they cover for their own monsters if their monsters have power, and they shouldn't. Back when Bush was president, back in 2005, I argued very stridently that if we as, as a political party did not start cleaning up our own house, that the voters would clean up the house for us. And if the voters didn't clean up the house for us, other forces would. And I think we've seen that. I, I think that was a, a fair and true statement. And it didn't take a rocket scientist to point that out that when you leave this level of corruption within your own side, at some point, someone's going to clean it up. Uh, better you clean up your own side. And so many people don't want to clean up their own side because it's it's painful. I really do think that, uh, particularly people of faith in this country, one of the things that they're going to have to get back to is, as part of first things of being people of faith is uh, being willing to speak to power and not speak with power. Uh, Being willing to say things to people that need to be said to call for repentance, even among people like the president, instead of uh, standing next to him and being quiet when he does bad things. Uh, One of the disappointing things that I think many of us have seen in the last uh, couple of years are people within the evangelical community uh, be quiet or give passes to bad behavior uh, when they should be standing up and saying, we love you, but no. And no one did that in Hollywood either uh, Because Weinstein Gave people so much power He made so much money for people He could make or break people Uh, It it was an abusive situation You've got to be willing to clean up your own house Or others are going to clean it up for you When we come back, the IQ test It is 40 after the hour i am eric erickson this is wsb and i am in lawrenceville uh, at the books a million broadcasting live doing book signings during the commercial break look you're stuck in traffic on 85 anyway and being stuck in traffic on 85 means you're probably close to sugar parkway because that's where traffic always seems to get stuck so you can come by the books a million And get a book uh, before you wake, and I will sign it. Also, while you're stuck doing nothing, don't forget you can text the word show to 444-999 and sign up for the daily email. And I got to tell you guys a funny story about this. So MSNBC apparently ran a promo the second time the other day uh, where they said if you text show to 444-999, you would sign up for Rachel Maddow's daily email and people were doing it, and started getting my email that I send out every morning. I have gotten some of the angriest, nastiest emails. Some have been very polite, wondering did they go through like the Twilight Zone. Um, but most of them have been very, very angry that I hijacked Rachel Maddow's email list, which isn't true at all. They they ran a promo for my email list. <laughs> So you can see what the the, you can see the conservative indoctrination Rachel Maddow's listeners are getting by texting show to four, 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 nine, nine, nine. Now, speaking of um, the, the conservative indoctrination, you will get the president says he has a higher IQ than Rex Tillerson, the secretary of state. First, I would note now that the president has three major areas he's been engaging in. Uh, One is immigration, where he's putting together this deal with Chuck Schumer, although some White House staff seems intent on undermining it. And he's dealing with the Secretary of Homeland Security, but he doesn't have one because he moved General Kelly to be White House Chief of Staff. The other area he's dealing with now is he reached out to Chuck Schumer via Twitter, uh, saying he wanted to work on a bipartisan health care plan. And... There's no Secretary of Health and Human Services to help him because he got rid of Tom Price. And the other big area is, um, is Secretary of State. And it looks like uh, Tillerson may be on the way out. Uh, he apparently had heated words with Tillerson. Now he says this was a joke. Now, I, I don't want to dwell on the IQ thing. The only reason I want to raise it is I was sitting over at Marlowe's Tavern on on satellite uh, having lunch before I came over here today, and it was wall to wall coverage on all of the news networks, with the exception of Fox, uh, that the president said he had higher higher IQ than Rex Tillerson, even though the White House press secretary said it was the president was was making a joke. And yet they wanted to they had their nonpartisan political analysts. They had their political commentators. They had their political analysts, they had their political reporters, they had their anchors, they were all discussing the president talking about his IQ on Twitter as if it was the biggest news of the day. Now, pardon me for thinking that this was a convenient distraction. So they didn't have to talk about Harvey Weinstein, who many of them promoted for many years, or they didn't have to talk about Some of the other stuff, you know, they're back to attacking Steve Scalise who, if he was a Democrat, or had he had he changed his mind on gun control, they would be hailing him as some sort of hero. But Steve Scalise, Twitter, Twitter wants you to know he's going to speak at a what they describe as an anti-gay event, uh, which is actually he's going to speak at a Christian conference. Um, they want you to know he's speaking at this quote-unquote anti-gay event after being his life saved by a lesbian. Yes. That's Twitter, which, by the way, Twitter will not let Marsha Blackburn run a campaign ad on Twitter because it dares to mention truthfully um, that Planned Parenthood sold babies' body parts. And we can't have that on Twitter. Um, That would be disruptive and offensive. So they have banned her ad from Twitter, which they have every right to do. It's a private business. But still, can you imagine them ever doing that to a liberal? I can't. You know, I am taking phone calls tonight as well, 404 872 750 wsb talk Them's the phone number. This IQ thing, though, this is an example of how the media wants to distract from other stories. Meanwhile, there is a very big story that hasn't gotten a ton of press attention, the shooter in Las Vegas. It turns out he killed a security guard six minutes before he started firing on the crowd which changes the timeline completely about what happened out there. Now, I have been asked, and I want to walk through this again, uh, and this isn't an attempt to pedal conspiracy theories, but I've been asked about this now a couple times. I want to walk back through this. I think it's important. The New York Times reporter whose soul beat is ISIS on social media pointed out the other day in a series of tweets that in the two dozen times that ISIS has claimed... That someone who did an act like this was one of theirs, they've only been wrong three times. Of the two dozen times that ISIS has said this, half of them, the media and the investigators have said no, they weren't. And it took up to a year afterwards before people realized the individual was, in fact, uh, had converted and was doing this on behalf of ISIS. So if, for grand perspective, in 25 times now, If ISIS is claiming credit for this individual and he was not involved with ISIS, this would only be the fourth of 25 incidents like this where ISIS claimed credit and the other person didn't. And what is really significant about why this reporter is not dismissing it is because there have been several incidents in the past six months where individuals around the world have claimed to be doing something on behalf of ISIS and ISIS has rebuked them saying, no, you're not. Think about that. ISIS isn't willing to take credit when other people are willing to give them credit. They're very specific in the acts where they're willing to take credit or or want credit, and this is one of them. So it would be rather anomalous if this person weren't, but in many of these cases, 12 of the last 24, it's taken more than a year to deduce it was the case. So I don't want to peddle a conspiracy theory, but I do want to say we shouldn't be dismissive of the story as some people want to be, particularly in light of the educated uh, findings of some of these reporters who do nothing but study ISIS. Now, on that happy note, we'll take a timeout broadcasting live from Lawrenceville at Books a Million. I'm here to sign your books. Be here till 7. See you then. I ordered my Star Wars tickets. I did. Uh, for a, You know, I was texting with my buddy Trip last night, and I've got to say, if if they would like list theaters as appropriate noise level for old people, I would probably like go for that theater. Cause I know at this moment that any theater that I go to is going to just blast my eardrums. I, 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 and you know, I hate to be one of those kids these days sorts of things. I'm only 42. Good Lord. But it's like, they've decided that they have to turn up the volume in theaters until our ears bleed in order for us to get good sound. One of the very few that don't and is IMAX, which is why I try to go to IMAX theaters. The previews in any IMAX theater are just rupture your eardrums, which by the time the movie starts, it actually sounds like it's at a normal level. Uh, nonetheless I got my Star Wars tickets I intend to go I expect to be thoroughly disappointed because I'm basically disappointed in all of these Hollywood movies these days although I hear Thor is going to be vastly better than any of the Marvel movies so I'm going to go see Thor as well no I haven't pre-ordered those tickets but I will I have to decide which of my kids is going to be honored to go with me when we come back oh the DeKalb County School Board I can't wait to tell you about them Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Some people just want attention, I guess. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 a.m. 750 WSB 10 after the hour. I am at the Books-A-Million in Lawrenceville off Sugarloaf. Come on by. We're also taking your calls tonight, 404-872-0750, wsb talk uh, Someone with two last names hyphenated, which tends to mean he's liberal, uh, has written a piece in the Washington Post. George siccarelli Mayor. mayer Oh, and he's a tenured associate professor of politics and global studies at Drexel University. All I need to do is read you the the headline. I don't even have to read the piece. Conservatives are the real campus thought police squashing academic freedom. It is so hard to be a liberal on a college campus these days, isn't it? Well... It is difficult to be a Christian and a conservative in Decab County or Decatur Public Schools. Like you know, I actually texted uh, Michael Williams' campaign earlier and said, you know, I, I disagreed with him on the protest in the Cherokee schools because I thought they were doing a good job uh, in a timely manner, given the delays of the the school holiday and whatnot. Investigating what that teacher did, throwing the kids out of class. Uh, with the Trump T-shirts on. But I would gladly encourage him to protest this. And, in fact, he's protesting, uh, encouraging people to protest. And uh, Decatur, he's not there. It's uh, it's his wife's birthday. Happy birthday, by the way, uh, Mrs. Williams. Uh, but there is a meeting for the Decatur County School Board, or the De- Decatur City Schools, rather, tonight at 630, where they are going to discuss the school superintendent, has been pushing teachers uh, towards an aggressive policy on transgenderism uh, whereby the young men of the Decab or Decatur City Schools, and we'll get to Decab County in a minute as a whole, but in Decatur City Schools, the young men can uh, want to shower in the girls' bathroom, can just declare themselves a girl for a day uh, and go on in, and that students and teachers will get in trouble if a student decides that he is a she and they still refer to him as a boy, they will be disciplined by the school system. This is uh, Concerned Women for America actually sent out an alert to folks uh, earlier today uh, about what was going on with this meeting tonight and what's happening in the Decatur schools. Well, Decab County is in a similar situation. Right, let me pull this one up on my phone. So I, I drove all the way up here and left my laptop at home. So I stole Charlie's laptop and because it's a glorious apple product i can put in my password and get all my stuff except uh, my one app that is missing but nonetheless i put this in slack here we go yes the decatur schools from concerned women of america Sending out this alert earlier today about what was going on, uh, and it's mind-blowing. The City Schools of Decatur School Board has indicated it will have a discussion on this transgender school policy Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. That's tonight. If passed, this policy will have serious implications for our students. In February, people discovered Superintendent David Dude, that's apparently his name, David Dude, Dude. Has begun quietly implementing these new guidelines concerning the handling of transgender students in decatur city schools in his own words here's what he said to his staff to be clear here are some examples of situations related to gender identity and how i expect them to be handled in compliance with this policy oh wait till you hear the examples so this is from the memo from david dude uh decatur city schools Here are examples of situations related to gender identity and how I expect them to be handled in compliance with this policy. For the purpose of these examples, assume this student was assigned the sex of male at birth and now identifies as female. The student should be treated the same as other female students. She should not be identified as anything other than female. She should be allowed to use the female restroom. She should be allowed to use the female locker room. She should be allowed to try out for female sports. She should be allowed to room with other females on field trips. This policy was never submitted to parents or to the school board for public vote. Uh, It was just a random act by uh, by the school superintendent. Um, now, here's what Concerned Women from America wants you to know, and this is a logical consequence of this, and this is happening around uh, the country and other places. Uh, students have a right to expect his or her bodily privacy, safety, and dignity, and equal opportunity will be protected at the school, which this will violate. Allowing biological boys to play on biological girls' school sports teams is unfair. In fact, there have been a number of parents' associations around the country to protest this as boys have been joining girls' teams uh, in advance of college scholarships, and they've been beating uh, other girls' teams that don't have boys playing. And then, of course, there's the other issue of the First Amendment, which is just such a, a critical small issue. If someone, a teacher or a student, gets in trouble for calling a boy a boy when the boy wants to be called a girl. There's a problem there. The other situation is happening in DeKalb County as a whole, and this one is a big issue that uh, Fox News has raised this afternoon. A sixth-grade class. Now, I've got a sixth-grader, and my sixth-grader should actually be in seventh grade. Uh, She was born uh, August 28th and making her the youngest kid in her kindergarten class, and we just decided to to let her redo kindergarten, uh, which I think was to her advantage. So she's 12, she's in sixth grade, and we live a sheltered life, I guess. I don't know. Uh, But this is a quiz that uh, the DeKalb County School District, a Lithonia Middle School teacher, has given to sixth graders. What's the name of a woman who is attracted to women? A man who is attracted to men, a person who is attracted to men and women, a man who is attracted to women or a woman who is attracted to men, a broad term that that can include gay, lesbian and bisexual people. This is a quiz identifying 10 sexual identity terms that sixth graders are expected to know in Lithonia Middle School. Now, listen. I realize where this is in this country, and I realize that I send my kids to a Christian private school, and public schools get a whole different education than my kids are getting. But I just have to question, even if my sixth grader was in public school— If sixth grade is where we start doing this. Now, if you watch Nickelodeon or you watch the Disney Channel, which we don't do in our house, uh, they're pushing for this younger and younger. In California now, they're pushing for this in in kindergarten classes. No, I'm not making that up. Uh, There are school districts in California that believe that you have to start this in kindergarten uh, to get kids over their initial natural bigotry yes that is not my phrase that is the phrase that is being circulated natural bigotry in other words uh kids who recognize norms and things that seem out of the ordinary and i hear all the time from people i cannot tell you the number of times i get phone calls from people saying this sort of stuff would never happen in georgia here it is and it's been happening here for a while the students at georgia tech who were harassed by the administration for not wanting to participate in Coming Out Day. On and on it goes, and the state turns a blind eye to it. Uh, And I tell you, more and more, I really think that if you're a person of faith, one of the things that needs to happen is more and more people pulling their money to provide for alternative schools where kids can go and actually learn wholesome things instead of having the culture war brought into school. And that's what this is. This is the culture war being brought into school. This is the culture war, one person's, one side's definition of what they must know in the culture war being brought into schools. It's an uncomfortable topic. It's things people don't like to talk about. It's awkward to talk about. It's awkward to talk about to your kid. Uh, Weird to have to explain these things to your kid to some degree. And the school system has taken upon itself to do these things. And in the case of the Decatur City Schools, the school superintendent took it upon himself to do this without even consulting the school board. And that's the problem. If your local school district wants to do this. I'm a big proponent in federalism and local control. If your local school system wants to do this, go for it. I don't have to live there. And if I live there, I can move or I can take my kid out of school and put them somewhere else. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is the people who decide that they wanna do this without ever asking the elected officials that are the school board whether or not they should do it, whether or not it's compatible with local norms. In DeKalb County, I think it would be probably compatible with local norms, but the fact that it was done without ever having a conversation, without ever letting uh, parents know, that's the problem here. What people are doing to affect your kids under the cover of Never Telling You. Eric Erickson here, broadcasting live in Lawrenceville at Books A Million. We'll be back. It is 26 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson, broadcasting live from the Books A Million in Lawrenceville, off Sugarloaf, where I've had now several people advise me that the next time we do a live broadcast in this area, we should just do it on the side of 85, because that's where everybody is. I would have a live captured audience, and it sounds like from Doug flying over that that would be the case. So maybe next time. Don't forget, if you want to pre-order, well, I guess not pre-order now, but actually order the book. Um, If you're not in a a Books a Million or another local bookstore, you can text the word WAKE to 444-999, and you'll get links to various bookstores, where you can order the book sales are going well several thousand copies sold now uh, in the first week so that's good and i will be uh, with glenn back in the morning i'm going to the southern festival of books on saturday and flying from there to washington to be on meet the press on sunday um so and then i'll be on hbo next friday night with bill maher uh yes um doing all of that there is an article Uh, circulating and you know what i I, let me find the let me find the link to it and i will actually tweet it out so that you can read this uh the san francisco dystopia a buddy of mine lives out there a good guy who i don't see often enough and i never get to san francisco he is from tennessee and for reasons that i can't fathom. He has decided, God bless him, to stay out there. But he sent this thing a San Francisco dystopia. The massive amount of homeless people and people doing heroin in the middle of the street, all while driverless cars drive by with people in them testing, the millionaire and the poor. And no one seems to be able to connect the liberal government policies to what's happening on the streets there. Just horrific. I wasn't going to talk about this, and this is the way this show works. I've gotten several questions from people, as as Charlie can attest. Uh, By the time I sit down at the microphone at 9 after the hour, I usually have gone in a completely different direction from what I told them an hour ahead of time I was going to do. It is Eric Erickson here broadcasting live from uh, Books A Million in Lawrenceville off Sugarloaf. Uh, Come on by if you want. So here's the issue. Do you know who Terry Crews is? He's an actor, football player. Um, He hosted Who Wants to Be a Millionaire for a while, uh, was in the Expendables uh, stars right now as Terry Jeffords on Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Fox. He was with the LA Rams and the Chargers and the Washington Redskins. He has a series of tweets out right now. I'm going to read them to you. The whole thing with Harvey Weinstein is giving me PTSD. Why? Because this kind of thing happened to me. My wife and I were at a Hollywood function last year And a high-level Hollywood executive came over to me and groped me. Jumping back, I said, what are you doing? My wife saw everything. We looked at him like he was crazy, and he grinned. I was going to beat his right then, but I thought twice about how the whole thing would appear. 240-pound black man stomps out Hollywood honcho would be the headline the next day, only I probably wouldn't have been able to read it because I would have been in jail. So we left. That night and the next day, I talked to everyone I knew that worked with him about what happened. He called me the next day with an apology, but never really explained why he did what he did. I decided not to take it further because I didn't want to be ostracized, par for the course when the Predator has power and influence. I let it go, and I understand why many women who this happened to let it go. Uh, who saw that coming? Uh, Terry Cruz, a 240-pound former football player, Uh, assaulted by a high level Hollywood executive. And yet, you know, here's the thing. If you read the stories of child actors in Hollywood who have grown up, there are repeatedly stories of them being offered drugs and alcohol uh, and then sexually abused. And they all have the same story. Certain powerful Hollywood executives who are still there, still working, have done this and they're too scared to come forward with names because they know they're going to get sued and they can't take the chance that others are going to be so scared they won't come forward to defend them and that everyone will deny it happened to them and they'll be left holding the bag. So they stay silent. That is the problem. And I, I I suspect that Hollywood is going to continue to turn a blind eye on that particular issue um, because Hollywood has every motivation to. And the way you hear it, there are more stories about that than there are the the um, Harvey Weinstein stories. There are going to be tons and tons of those stories coming out. Just terrible that these sorts of things happen. It is 43 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB talk. One of the things that I get asked a lot in the interviews I've done for my new book um, is what what is the key takeaway for my kids? Now, I guess for those of you standing in line for me to buy your books, you can go get a refund when I, I tell you the, the key piece of advice. Uh, and it is, I want my kids to do what's right and not what's liked. And I want them to understand that increasingly in the world today, that what is liked is not going to be what is right Uh, what is liked what is popular what what is measured by likes and retweets on social media probably isn't the thing that they should do and we see this more and more And that's one of the lessons that I would emphasize to anyone who sees the Hollywood situation, because it's not just Hollywood. And we as conservatives get tired of the moral preening from Hollywood, which more and more we can say very clearly is projection. Um, They're trying to take a high-minded approach to other things to avoid having to deal with their situation. Um, These are problems that we really genuinely need to address and understand Uh, in the world that more and more things like this are going to happen and there's going to be a clarion call out there from people to do certain things that will be popular but not necessarily right and I want my kids in situations like this to be willing to stand up and speak out and understand there are going to be consequences there are consequences for doing what's right you know again I know many of you and me we didn't see eye to eye on the election last year um, I, and I, I took the position that I took um, because of what I felt were my values and convictions and I needed to understanding that that we were going to have a, a family disagreement on it. I find more and more though that people aren't willing to do things like that and, and your mileage may vary and, and we don't always have to see eye to eye and we're not always going to agree on the same thing but more and more I find there's an, an issue of complacency and it's happening in schools. For example Uh, In my kids' school, we've been dealing with a bully situation, and luckily our kid uh, has been spared this year, but for two years was dealing with a bully situation, and the kids felt like over time that if they spoke out, nothing was going to happen, and so there was a negative consequence to them to speak up about it, knowing that nothing was going to happen and they were just going to get bullied more, so now they've transitioned from elementary school into middle school where the discipline is tougher. And they're having to relearn that they can speak up and something will happen because it got so programmed into them that nothing was going to happen. And I have tried to emphasize over and over to my child, it does not matter that the other kids learn the lesson not to speak up, that she always should. And there may be a consequence, and we will deal with the consequences together. But there are people who are in positions who can speak up, who should speak up, because there are other people in positions who really can't speak up. Um, because their, their lives are on the line. Their, their, their job is on the line. And I think about my wife and me last year. Um, I mean, her medicine is, is uh, tens of thousands of dollars a month. Uh, losing my job would really be a death sentence uh, to a degree. Because we can't afford, if we went on Obamacare, I've already checked folks. We couldn't afford the medicine, the, the monthly medicine um, that keeps my wife's cancer at bay. Uh, And there can be a cost. um, And sometimes you have to weigh, is it worth it? And if it's not for you, hopefully there are others where they, they make the decision they can speak up. Because in a world that is increasingly hostile to your values and mine, it is going to be increasingly necessary for us to be able to speak truth to power instead of apologizing for power. And it's a very difficult thing to do, and it requires some intestinal fortitude to do it, but it's becoming increasingly necessary to go back to first things. And for people of face, the first thing is to stand up for truth to people who think they're peddling truth when they're not. Eric Erickson broadcasting live from Books A Million on Sugarloaf Parkway in Lawrenceville. See you here if you can come on by. We'll be back. It is 55 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson on Atlanta's Evening News here at WSB. The phone number, well, we've closed the phone lines because we only have a minute and a half left. I am still, however, at the Books-A-Million in Lawrenceville off Sugarloaf. Those of you who are stuck on 85, you can just pull off. You can come here. You can even go to Dave and Buster's and play video games afterwards if you want. There's all sorts. There's a Bass Pro Shop. You can go pick out a new some fishing gear. Nonetheless, I'll be here signing books. So come on by. Before we get out of here this evening, I still got so much stuff. I've been gone, and there's more to talk about. I I want you guys to keep in mind the outrage of the left that um, the president's EPA director has rolled back EPA regulations on coal. Now keep that in mind for this story. At the EPA regional office in Denver, Colorado. Someone is going to the bathroom in the hallway. Apparently some employee was outraged that people might put things other than toilet paper in the toilet to flush and then became outraged that people weren't flushing after putting up all sorts of condescending notes to people demanding they flush. So the new tactic is that this individual, whoever it may be, there's an investigation is pooping in the hallway. Yes. And these are the people who govern us. These are the people who would put your business out of business for daring to get your hands dirty digging coal. You just keep that in mind, folks. I will return tomorrow evening. Come on by uh, Books A Million in Lawrenceville tonight. I'm still here.